can trust. I know about courage. I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Hi, car needs a tune-up. Getting ready to finally hit the open road. A road trip, huh? Got a Febreze car vent clip in there. Febreze car vent clip? Oh, yeah. Can't have a road trip without Febreze. Freshens your ride for up to 30 days. Do I pay for installation? Nah, it's easy. Watch, you just clip it in and... Ah, that's fresh. Your Febreze car vent clip is ready to go. Thanks for the car vent clip. Send me a postcard. An incentive for island authors. A new fellowship will provide $25,000 grants to emerging and established Puerto Rican writers. The Letras Boricuas Fellowship will go to 30 writers, 21 and up, who write poetry, fiction, creative nonfiction, and children's literature. Fellow Puerto Rican and Hamilton playwright Lin-Manuel Miranda welcomed the news. He says the fellowship is important in supporting Latin artists and hopes it encourages more Boricuas to share their stories. Winners will be announced later this year. Monica Ricks, CBS News. The NFL has released the schedule for the 2021 season, and for the first time ever, each team will play 17 games, one more than usual. CBS Sports, Jim Nance. Whether or not it's going to lead to more injuries, I think we're, we're going to have to see. This was a risky move, but the players voted on it. Some analysts say the table's set for a Tampa Bay repeat. The Buccaneers and Cowboys kick off the season September 9th. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. It's all about the nose. It's your air filter, the first line of defense against bacteria and viruses. If too many germs get stuck in your nose, guess what? You get sick. That's why it's so important to keep your nose clean, just like washing your hands. Nasal irrigation gets rid of germs by rinsing the nasal cavity, but neti pots are hard to use and, frankly, kind of gross. Now there's a better way to keep your nose clean and help your body protect itself. It's called Navage Nasal Care. Navage uses powered suction to flush out allergens, mucus, bacteria, and viruses. Millions use Navage for fast, all-natural relief from sinus congestion and allergies and to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and comes with an absolute guarantee of satisfaction. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Now it's time to start cleaning your nose with Navage. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. You good? Anything you want to talk about? Here if you need me. Just want to check in. Appreciate you. Everyone feels less than okay sometimes. They may not want your advice, but they may welcome your ear. Be present is a simple but powerful way to be there for others, especially now when many are separated. Help teens and young adults find their power, conquer the difficult times, and get to a better tomorrow. Be present, Ohio. Sponsored by the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and aired in cooperation with the OAB and this station. You've got a problem. Your air conditioner is not working. There's a simple fix for that. Well, simple for us. This is Jared with Dean Heating and Cooling. 
and we're experts at fixing your AC. Together with Tempstar, we've been in business for more than 20 years and have some of the best service techs in the industry. So if you want fast, reliable service, just call us. In fact, if you call today, you could qualify for 12 months no interest financing on a new high-efficiency Tempstar unit. Dean Heating and Cooling, the simple fix. Find us online at deanheatingandcooling.com. I'm Brandy. You may know me as a branch manager, but I'm also a volunteer and a band mom. At Park National Bank, we're more than our job titles, and you're more than an account number. You get personal attention and direct access to a caring, compassionate banker who respects and responds to your needs and goals. Find Brandy or a banker near you at parknationalbank.com. Park National Bank, where you mean more. Member FDIC, parknationalbank.com. What comes to mind when you hear this? Well, trees, of course, but there's a lot more to it. The Ohio chapter of the International Society of Arboriculture would prefer to have you think of healthy, safe trees, and the best way to ensure that is to hire an ISA-certified arborist. ISA-certified arborists are specially trained, and there are even certified arborists trained to help identify at-risk trees. Find a certified arborist near you at treesforohio.org. Trees, the number four, ohio.org. And you might just hear less of this. Southeast Ohio seniors can turn to Buckeye Hills Regional Council for help with long-term care services and support options, including information on vaccines and transportation assistance. Buckeye Hills can be reached safely by phone for answers to your questions, and they can connect you to a wide range of community resources and information. Learn more by visiting BuckeyeHills.org or call 1-800-331-2644. That's 1-800-331-2644. Havar Incorporated invites the Athens area community to attend the grand opening of the Putt People First Miniature Golf Course on Dairy Lane on May 15th from 12 to 2 p.m. Come and enjoy free food, fun, and prizes in a safe, family-friendly environment. Putt People First provides employment opportunities for people with developmental disabilities, so please come out and enjoy this free event. That's Putt People's First Miniature Golf Course Grand Opening on Saturday, May 15th from 12 to 2 p.m. on Dairy Lane. I-N-E-P-T, Inept Tech, 2468, who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Coach, I see by looking at the schedule that you have another home game coming up this week. That's right. You know, we're going to be playing against the boys from uh, Rock Slide, Vermont, Polytechnic, and boy, that's a mouthful. You know, seems like we got a lot of folks on our schedule this year that's a mouthful to say, so we just go ahead and shorten that to RSVP. We think these boys might be the answer to our struggling program. You know, I'm sure you pointed out to all the fans that we are having a little trouble uh, being successful and picking up our first victory of the season this year, but I think that RSVP might be the answer. I don't recall this team being on your schedule in the past. How did you happen to come up with them as an opponent? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question because that is a real interesting story. You know, that's a little behind-the-scenes thing that the fans probably don't know about on how you schedule all your boys on your, on your schedule. You know, you got some folks that are on your schedule automatic. Those are the boys that are in the conference. That's what you call your conference ball game. The six-pack conference. Well, that's right, the six-pack conference. That's the conference that we're in, and, and all the boys that are in the conference that we play, that's what you call your conference ball games. And seeing how there's six of us in it, that means, let's see, you carry your one. That's five conference ball games and that leaves <clears throat> I'll get my pad and pencil out that leaves five more ball games is what you call your non-conference ball games that's fellas that's not in the conference so you, what you do what to schedule them boys is, is you send out letters to all the other coaches and what the coach coach Boulder over to RSVP done he sent out a bunch of invitations 
saying, you know, if y'all want to be on our schedule, send us back a little letter and we'll and we schedule you up. And that's what happened with Coach Boulder. That's what we've done. We got him on our schedule this year. And I understand also that uh, they'll be coming in as your homecoming opponent. That's right. You know, this is a real important ball game. It's when all the old boys that used to play football come back for one ball game to root the oysters on victory, and all the students what graduated from the school come back to spend a little campus time visiting and have a good time, and that is going to be our homecoming ball game this week. And we'll talk more about it with Coach Turf right after we pause for this message. And the Coach Archer Show, very softly, brought to you by Sherman. 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 Coach Turf, this is the homecoming game for the Oysters against RSVP. It is a bit early in the season for a homecoming game, isn't it? Well, we want to get it over with. What type of activities are going to be going on in connection with the game? It's always a big week on campus, I know. Well, you know, we never concerned with all them activities. You know, I know that the school, it's real important for the school to have all them things like bonfires and, and open house and, and dances and all that kind of thing. We're just interested in one thing, and that is the ball game and winning the ball game. Besides, I ain't got a date for the dance. Do your players elect the homecoming queen, or is she chosen in another manner? Well, we've been doing it the same way ever since 1937. You know, the boys all vote for homecoming queen. Everybody votes for his own girlfriend. So what we wind up with is a 73-way tie, which makes it kind of tough because we ain't got but one crown. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M. Uh, yeah, boy. Look at that stunning sunshine out th- outside. 47 degrees at the moment. We're headed up to 66. 68 tomorrow, 70 Saturday. You get the idea. Next Tuesday, 75. Amen. Today, a free-for-all. Here it is. Here it is. I got it now. So I was at an event last night. Social get-together. And the people present were just ecstatic over the fact that Governor Mike DeWine says he will lift Ohio public health orders on June 2nd. Now let's see here. Today's May 14th. 
so in about two and a half weeks, right? Wait, is to, what is today? Yeah, 14. 14, thank you, thank you. So let's see here. And let me turn your mic on, man. I'm sorry. It's the 13th. 13th, okay. Yeah, I was looking at that. I don't know what I was thinking. We we looked the day ahead, but I bet that got some attention. Oh, my. It's not Friday the 13th. It's Thursday the 13th. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a whole nother issue, of yeah. course. But uh, yesterday, um, late afternoon, I believe it was, the governor uh, called him a conference, media conference, and announced in a special address that all pandemic health orders, except those for nursing homes and assisted living facilities, will be lifted in three weeks on June 2nd. His uh, decision nullifies his previous benchmark for dropping public health orders when cases declined to 50 per 100,000 residents, which he made in his past public address. <coughs> that was on March 4th. Now, on Thursday, the rate will be around 122.9 cases per 100,000 which, of course, the governor noted shows a very decreasing trend. That's a positive, positive thing. Now, the announcement also contains some creative, if unconventional, ways to drive up vaccine demand. Uh, College scholarships for five young Ohioans who start the vaccine and a million bucks for five Ohio residents, 18 and older, who have started the shots. Now, my, when I read that this morning at my desk, I was thinking to myself, well, that, shucks, Scott, you and I aren't eligible for that. Uh, what a bummer. Because we already went and did them. Yeah. I thought I saw something last night, though, on Columbus News that said something about a lot, some type of lottery drawing for a million dollars for one person who who right. has already been vaccinated. <clears throat> excuse me, has already been vaccinated. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So you know, well, lottery indeed. But yeah, we're not eligible for that other stuff because we were responsible. And that's my point. Yeah, these are these are all incentive sort of things. Um, they're kind of fun, but I don't think they're very governmental. Oh yeah, exactly. That's and, my thoughts too. Why do you need an incentive uh, other than good health? Well, well, okay. But what I mean is, there are still people concerned about it. Well, sure. And we've had many authorities, uh, <clears throat> medical authorities, say this is a good thing. Yeah. Did you happen to hear Dr. Gastaldo on uh, Make yes. It Happen yesterday? Yes. Well, I recorded that, and it is up on a podcast. Okay. 
on our website. If folks missed that, that that doctor is full of a wealth of information. Well, he's he's one of the top ones. He is, yes. All right, um, folks. You know, on Wednesdays we have the Make It Happen show with Kim and Ruth, and it goes generally from ten to ten thirty. Um, they had managed to arrange to have got. What, give me his proper name again. Dr. Joseph Gastaldo. Uh, joined them in the show, and the, so the, the show went an hour. Yeah. And uh, Scott has also put it in up, put it, <laughs> he put it on our um, uploaded our podcast storage area. Yeah. So you can go to our websites and check it out. Yeah, you can check it out there, and also you can go to anchor.fm. To find it there. Then what do they do? W-A-T-H? Oh, they'll have to sign up for an account. doesn't take long. But then you just key in the anchor words. Uh, either, you know, uh, make it happen. That's how I labeled it. That's the title. 5-12-21, make it happen. Okay. With Dr. Joseph Gastaldo. G-A-S-T-A-L-D-O. I believe is the spelling of the last name. Well, let's just go on a little bit further with all of this. Um, Ohio's uh, daily average trend over the, you know, um, like since March 9th of last year. So 12 months, no, 14 months worth of data here. They have taken um, a seven-day average. And... Scott, we don't have TV here. We've been playing around with the idea of some video um, with our <clears throat> radio. But anyway, look at this. Yeah. Now, there was a big punch-up in December. Oh, yeah. But, uh, mercy, uh, it has subsided tremendously. Oh, very much so, yes. And... Um, so, remember how we talked, what, a year and a month, a few months ago, about once we get on the other side of this, things will start to get a little bit better, little by little. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, for me, th- that time is getting here more and more every day. From the statistics we see, vaccinations that are getting administered hospitalizations lowering things like that i mean the state level of uh, the emergency levels of every county that are posted in the state of ohio the the colors are starting to change back to lower levels so now the big deal is we still have a group 12 to 15 years of age uh, who have not been authorized to receive the the vaccination. But the group that's in charge of that, sometime in the last 36 hours, unanimously approved the Pfizer vaccine for that age group. So that's going to be rolled out very quickly. Uh, I think I have... Um, uh, here in Athens, I have a, a grandson... 
who, um, you know, is I think he's 15. So it, it fits right in that zone. He's either 14 or 15. Forgive my Andy, forgive me, okay? Um, but so that's going to get going real quickly. Uh, but everyone else in my family, uh, those in Athens at least, are vaccinated. Now, what about the really young kids, right? I got four of those down in Virginia with Nick and Lena. Grandkids, that is. Um, well, they'll be working on that. They'll be working on it. You know that. Okay. Let's see what else is in this report on Ohio. Anyway, uh, things will look different starting June 2nd. I did bring in our actual information for today. I didn't bring in my detailed roster. I'm frankly just getting tired of entering all this data. And so I've gotten a little lazy. But as of this morning, um, no, that's not true. As of yesterday at 2 p.m., in the state of Ohio, we have 1,087,182 total cases. Now, remember, a case you have for three weeks or something, and then you're recovered. So in terms of active cases, it's uh, a far less figure than that. Now, in the state of Ohio, since this all began, there have been a total of 19,441 deaths. Athens County, we have now had a total of 5,201 cases. There was one new case in the last 24 hours. Our county has seen 58 deaths. And at present, we have 75 active cases. Really, we're making some progress. We're really doing it. Okay, so let's take this one and set this over here. Well, now let's do some really important stuff. Today is National Frog Jumping Day. When was the last time you jumped a frog? <laughs> Can't say that I ever have. What are they talking about? I don't know. Are they maybe talking about competition? Well, I assume so, but I mean, are you jumping over frogs or are you making jobs jump frogs jump? Uh, yeah, I would assume or, the latter. Yeah. Well, okay. Dig it out. Dig it out. Apparently, it is um, observed each year on May thirteenth. National Frog Jumping Day is a favorite of young and old alike. In 1865, Mark Twain published his first short story, Jim Smiley and His Jumping Frog. Later, he changed the name and published it as the celebrated jumping frog of Calaveras County. 
Okay, so I still don't still know what we're doing. Still doesn't tell me anything here. either. <laughs> uh, but we do have a caller. Maybe they know the answer. Okay. Good morning. No, I don't know the answer to okay. that. Okay. But I do want to thank you for having that uh, individual that you had on yesterday. Um, and I think when it got into the into the um, into the weeds a little bit at the end, was the most revealing uh, information for someone such as myself. I had no idea that the uh, of the extent of the idiots out there in the world who are anti-vaxxers were putting out all, all, all kinds of stuff out there. Why you don't get the vaccination? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could not, Mi- if you haven't listened to the entirety of that, I guess God has put it on some system where you can yeah. see the end of that and uh, have revelations. Do you need like I, Do you need access to that? What did you need access to the recording? I wouldn't. No, oh, I I okay. remember it. But but the point is that who knew that people were saying to other people, "Don't have this because of fetal tissues and all that business." And he talked about his being a a devout Catholic and that kind of thing, and that there's no problem. And if the Pope says, even if there is some uh, you know stem cell uh, things from uh, 1980s. Uh, <laughs> we, you know, our stem cells survive us. Those kinds of things. So. Who knew all of that? And this guy was so knowledgeable. I think that this was one of the best programs you've ever had on this program to have him come and tell us this stuff. Um, but you say lifted in three weeks. This uh, was there a caveat with that? Like, what if we get those strains? You know, the ones that are over there in India, in Brazil, in other places. Where it, people are... Well, okay. What we're talking about is the governor's announcement. Yes. That he, uh, here in the state of Ohio, they hope to lift the, uh, many of the, um, mandates. Okay. Yeah. Um, on June 2nd. The now, hope is, that, yeah. that, that can change. Okay. That, I mean, but I, as I of right now, if everything stays as it is progressing, mm-hmm. uh, June 2nd, it might be that we don't have to wear a mask anymore, or I don't know what they're talking about specifically. Okay, um, but you know, you also forget the fact that you know you said something to the to the effect like, uh, once you have it, you know, three weeks and then you're done. Well, that is the understatement I think of this whole situation. We have those long haulers, the people who have this, and they're called long haulers, COVID long haulers now because they have all these remnants and they go in different directions of different body systems and things like that. So, you know, we still. We don't have a handle on all everything, and I know people are anxious, as you just told us. Every day you come in and tell us you've met somebody, and we ate, and we did all these things, and we're so happy. We're ecstatic. I got all of that, but but uh, don't forget the long haulers, those, those folks. Uh, right. Uh, and, and one other thing that you, know, you hesitate to bring up on this program, I think, is what happened, and I hope you bring it up today, what happened to Liz Cheney? It's is in the, Republic- the pile here. Can, can we even recognize many of these old-time Republicans that have been around and we talk to them and they, they get interviewed on public television, for example, and uh, they're very unwilling to really come out and say anything about the Republican Party. But they would say, I worked under four presidents, four Republican presidents, and you just can't recognize the Republican Party, that kind of thing. Is the Republican Party schizophrenic or something? Because why would you why would you embrace Liz Cheney, you know, stand up and give her standing ovations and then fire her? I don't get it. Yeah, well, 
There's a lot of confusion right now. No, there isn't any confusion in my mind. These are people who are still in the Trump line, and uh, he came pretty darn near to destroying this country on January with all of his whatevers and the now, names he called minute. her. i got to make sure you were on the same page. Elizabeth Cheney was Third not, in line the Republican Party. Was not a Trump supporter, right? That's correct. Just making sure you had it right. Okay. Yes. There were others, too. Well, yeah. Romney, for example, is a big one name. But she was uh, pretty much out front there and now is um, dealing with the aftermath. Now, I, I kind of dig her, but she's made this decision or... She's being, this decision's being made for her. I mean, I'll put it better like that. Uh, I think she still has a great deal of influence. But um, even, even right after that was announced, another, was it Facebook or Twitter, posting by the former president? Yes. I thought we no longer had that going well he put some public message out there on some means of something or other but he was mean yeah. really mean and and as a female i think this is also a female thing but if she were running for president today and i'm of the opposite party i think i'd vote for her mm-hmm. because i think she's got guts and, and it takes those hell she whoops i shouldn't say that uh 98 of the time she was voting for in favor of trump's agenda this new person up from New York is extremely moderate. So I don't understand. That's why I use that, that psychiatric term. They've lost their way, and they can't find their way back, the Republicans. Well, give them a little time. They'll get there. I don't think they're ever going to find their way back in my lifetime. Okay, I disagree. And maybe not in yours either. Okay. And, and people hang on to this, and you don't have enough courage. Many Republicans have no guts whatsoever to stand up and say what needs to be said that he shouldn't run for public office again, period, because he's going to do the same thing. Can I change topics for a minute? Sure. Beth Claude Filter is a is a Athens City at large um, council person. How long has she been in that post? Do you recall? Not long. Yeah. Uh, since 19, uh, 2019, I understand. Okay. But I was amazed at that because, you know, we just went through an election, right? Yeah. Well, for, I wish you'd have told Lord. us this, and then we could have just switched people around and made, you know, yeah. musical chairs. I guess. But, uh, you know, it, it's just something that uh, I, I just wished I would see some, some Republicans that I admire stand up and say something that needs to be said. But you've got that program on at night, and I happened to tune in to see if I could get some news. And they were ecstatic about her being kicked out and saying that it was her fault and saying that she, uh, she caused her own problem. She's, she didn't. If you, if you lie, then you can, you can be a good, a good standing Republican, according to what they think. And you don't want people lying. You wouldn't be standing around lying. Yeah, I hope not. Well, no, I think you're quite honest about, about what you think is going on. I know you're... But, you're um, lo- i got to make this a little shorter here. Well, I thank you very much. Okay. Thank okay. you. Uh, and I, I get it, what you're saying. 
Um, let me wind back up to the topic I just brought up. Um, I think I have met her. I think I thought she was a nice person, Beth Claudfelder. But um, who is it? Sherrod Brown? Scott, help me. You mean uh, Senator Sherrod Brown? Has um, asked her to join his organization, and she has uh, indicated she's going <laughs> to resign from city council. This all happened in the last 24 hours. So, um, anyway, you know, I guess that's nice for her, but I think if you take on a gig somewhere, you ought to do it a couple times and before you advance your, you know what I'm trying to say? Oh, yeah. You know that happens in not only politics, but elsewhere, too. I've been involved in places I've worked, staff changes, you know, they turned over so quickly. Coaching changes happen like that. As I recall, I had three terms. Maybe it was two. Anyway, as um, as a ward councilman. Now, wait a minute. No, no. <clears throat> I ran at large. So I had either two or three terms at large. And then I... Uh, went for president of council and had two terms at that. And could have gone longer, but that's when I bought WRAP over in Norfolk, Virginia. So I had to leave. So I had to step down. All right, never mind. Let's see here. Now, who was the sponsor for... Um, Charmin. Charmin. Soft and a soft ending okay. to a rough day. Okay. Go Charter. <laughs> okay, today's National Frog Jumping Day. We still haven't buttoned that down. All right. Well, it says uh, if if you want to celebrate, um, Mark or excuse me, National Frog Jumping Day, uh, they recommend uh, that they these frog jumping contests apparently happen throughout the country, and frog jumping. Uh, have happened in other states. In 1865, the events took place across the borders. And uh, let's see. Uh, However, the most well-known might be Calaveras County Frog Jumping Contest, if for no other reason than Mark Twain (laughs) wrote a story about it. Okay, but uh, do we we jump over frogs, or do we ask frogs to jump over something else? Well, I, I think... They they bet on whose frog jumps higher. Okay. On on the farther bed. or higher or what? I I think both, either highest and farthest. Okay. So anyway, apparently it began. So why doesn't uh, Power One Hundred Five have a frog jumping contest? Well, you, uh, we could, but uh, do do you think it would be uh, something that would have interest in our area? I guess we could always. Dip the toe in the water. Hey. I'll bet Charmin would sponsor it. Okay, enough silliness. How how about frog tape? Today is also National Fruit Cocktail Day. (laughs) What Uh, a letdown from Frog Jumping Day. It says just the word salads here. I don't know what that means. Fruit cocktail, salad? Okay. 
Yeah. Is that it? Is that what it says? Maybe. And then fan- finally, National Crouton Day. Mm, there, goes, there goes my phone. Let me turn it off. Okay. Now, so much for that. Now, on this day in history, the year 1787, Arthur Philip sets sails with 11 ships of criminals to Botany Bay, Australia. You know, there was a time when Australia was primarily criminals, you know? No, I did not know that. Yeah, different countries would take um, their prisoners and drop them off there. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Say you're on your own? Yeah. (laughs) It was far less expensive than keeping a prison. Oh, well. Okay, 1830, the Republic of Ecuador is founded with Juan Jose Flores as president. Folks, I spent uh, a summer in Ecuador. I loved it. 1934, great Dust Bowl storm sweeps across the U.S. prairies. The Dust Bowl. 1940, Winston Churchill says... I have nothing to author but blood, toil, and tears, and sweat. This was during his first speech as Prime Minister to the British House of Commons. 1981, Pope uh, John Paul II is shot and critically wounded by a Turkish gunman. Uh, This uh, shooting took place in St. Peter's Square in the Vatican City. They have the name of the Turkish gunman here, but I can't possibly pronounce it. 1989, approximately 2,000 students began a hunger strike in Tiananmen Square in China. I remember that. Okay, now we have some birthdays. I'll need your help on a couple. All right, here we go. Okay, so we got uh, four birthdays to mention in only one of them do I really have to talk about, but we'll, we'll, we'll n- never mind. Let's go. Jim Jones. I believe he was an actor. He was born in 1931. He died in 1978. Uh, he, he was an actor, all right. He acted out as a cult leader. Remember that Jonestown Massacre? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, he was an actor, all right. Political activist, activist, faith healer, who led the People's Temple. Joe Lewis, the boxer, born in 1914 on this date, died in 1981. Um, let's see here. Heavyweight champion at one time. Now, here is someone that is celebrating, no, 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 Witold Pilecki, P-I-L-E-C-K-I, born in 1901, died in 1948. He's wearing a uniform. Witold Pilecki was a Polish cavalry officer 
intelligence agent and resistance leader early in World War II. He co-founded the secret Polish Army resistance movement. And he volunteered to allow himself to be captured by the occupying Germans in 1940 in order to infiltrate the Auschwitz concentration camp. Okay, the last uh, birthday to, to uh, bring up today is um, <clears throat> someone still living, is Stevie Wonder, who's celebrating his 71st birthday. Now, two deaths to mention. One is um, someone I always thought was cool, and that was Doris Day. She uh, born in 1922, but died on this date in 2019. What a what a cheerful looking gal. Oh my, yes, and, and voice. And this one I don't know. Bridgestaff Nansen, N A N S E N. This is a man, um, a male. He uh, was born in 1861, but died on this date in 1930. He was a Norwegian polymath. What's that? I have no idea. And uh, we'll try to find out here in a minute. Uh, and Nobel Peace Prize laureate. He gained prominence at various points in his life as an explorer, scientist, diplomat, and humanitarian. He led the team that made the first crossing of the Greenland interior in 1888. Traversing the island on cross-country skis. All right, now i got to find that word. Where is pa- it? Polymath? P-O-L-Y-M-A-T-H. Polymath? Okay. Polymath? No, not Plymouth. Just Vermont. Dig it, it is a person of wide-ranging knowledge or learning. All right, now. So I would makes, be the opposite, right? Uh, well, I don't know. You you know a, a little about a lot from what you said a few <laughs> times. So yeah, that's pretty wide-ranging okay. right there if you know a little about a lot. Here's the definition of what makes someone that uh, polymath. That's how the, the verbiage is here, the phonetics of it. Okay. It's someone who may have one area of depth, but who has a broad range of expertise in other areas as well that they can pull from to which make enlightened decisions. However, there is no certificate or ceremony. <laughs> so you don't get a certificate about knowing a lot or a little about a lot. <laughs> um. Every few weeks, there's an updated report entitled The Safest States During COVID-19. Um, at, uh, sometime yesterday, they published the, the most recent version. Um, so, as the U.S. continues its struggle against COVID-19, staying safe is one of America's top concerns. Duh. Safety is also essential for getting the economy back on track, as the lower COVID-19 transmission and deaths are in a state, the more that state is able to eliminate restrictions on businesses and, shall we say, return to some form of normalcy. Normalcy. 
uh, will only be able to get back to life as normal once most of the population is fully vaccinated against coronavirus. And it will still be a while before we can achieve that. The good news is that the U.S. is picking up speed with vaccination as around now 35% of our total population has been fully vaccinated against COVID-19 as of May 12th. 35%. Now, if you look at an older age group, let's say 50-plus years of age, that number is way higher. Uh, But now, as we just talked about a little while ago, you know, we just opened up the 12 to 15 bracket, the age group. And uh, so we're getting there. We're getting there. Anyway, let's go up. Some states are already safer than others, though, based on how well they have kept the pandemic under control and how much they are vaccinating. In order to find out the safest states during the COVID-19 pandemic, we compared the 50 states in the District of Columbia across five key metrics. Our data set includes the rates of COVID-19 transmission, positive testing, hospitalizations and death, as well as a share of the eligible population getting vaccinated. Okay. Well, who is the best in among our 51 places, 50 states in the District of Columbia? It is Hawaii. Uh, followed by Vermont. Another one of my favorite places. Number three is Massachusetts. Four is Maine. I love Maine. Five is New Hampshire. Six is Alaska. Seven, Rhode Island. Eight, Connecticut. And ninth, the District of Columbia itself. That's a little surprising to me. California's 10th. Utah, 11th. Nebraska, 12th. Um, Okay, now now I'm going to just pick out certain ones. Rather than read all 50. So, um, okay, Virginia is 16th. State of Maryland, 18th. State of Wyoming. 23rd. Wyoming. Wyoming. Okay. Uh, Colorado, 24th. Ohio. O-H. Oh, oh, wait a minute. You caught me off guard. Do it again. O-H. I-O. We did it in reverse order that way. Okay. Um... Why? Do, am I supposed to say O-I and then you say O-H? No, usually you do the O-H first. Oh, yes. <sighs> and then I bark out the I-O. Well, the result is we are 27. Yeah. Let me turn the page again and see if there's any others I want to pop out here. North Carolina, 32nd. Indiana, 43rd. 
West Virginia 50th and Michigan 51st, Pennsylvania 47th. So, we're kind of surrounded by states that aren't doing as well as we are. I guess that's the way you might call it. Let's see here. Highest vaccination rate. Vermont has that. Lowest vaccination, Mississippi. Lowest positive testing rate, California. Highest, Michigan. Lowest hospitalization rate, Hawaii. Highest, Michigan. Boy, Michigan's getting clobbered here. Um, lowest death rate, Mississippi. Highest, Michigan. Lowest transmission rate, New Jersey. Highest, Mississippi. Okay. Well, we have uh, eight minutes left. Uh, this Liz Cheney thing. I brought the New York Times in this morning. David Leonard uh, wrote the item. Uh, he has said, good morning. Liz Cheney's ouster is a sign of the Republican Party's growing discomfort with democracy. Well, that troubles me. I I've been a Republican all my life. Why? The reason isn't very good, but because my parents were. But as I've learned more and more about the two-party system, I've not felt that the, the you know, I, I like both of them, but I felt comfortable remaining a Republican. So yesterday... Liz Cheney, who by most accounts was a very powerful woman, right? Uh, apparently so. I mean, if she got up to the level she was, yeah. <clears throat> um, was ousted from a leadership position in the House. Uh, there's a headline that says, Dangerously Anti-Democratic. The Republican Party's big recent moves, the ouster of Liz Cheney from the leadership position and the passage of new state voting laws, do not have much immediate impact on American lives. Cheney's removal doesn't change Congressional Republicans' approach to President Biden's agenda, and the voting laws will mostly start to matter next year. With Biden in the White House, Democrats controlling the Congress, and many Americans still focused on COVID-19, the internal Republican debates can sometimes feel like an exhausting partisan sideshow. Well, they are not. The last few months have the potential to be a turning point for the country because of what is happening inside the Republican Party. This author says, I don't say that lightly, light, 
lightly. Readers of this newsletter know that I don't believe any political ideology has a monopoly on truth. Democrats have their own problems, include, including an elitist intolerance for debate about some subjects and a set of COVID fears that are at times disconnected with scientific evidence. But the issues inside the Republican Party involving its attitude toward democracy are of a different order of magnitude. In a defiant speech from the House floor before her ouster, Elizabeth Cheney said, I will not sit back and watch in silence while others lead our country down a path that abandons the rule of law. Well, you can go back and look over the last six months of all of this stuff. And this author has. Again, it's on the New York Times website this morning. And uh, he does a fairly good case of stating things. Uh, I happen to think she was all right. I understand what went on, and it's unfortunate. But I would like to see us get back to a higher level of democracy. Understanding that whatever party you are in, you cannot win all the time, nor should you. And you have 460, well, is that right? 460 members of Congress. 435. Okay, thanks. Plus, plus 100 senators. Senators, yes. Yeah. 435, thank you. Suddenly I knew that wasn't right. Um, and they need to do the best they can to learn everything and represent us well and vote in their conscience. That's important. And I don't want to lose that. <sighs> what else is going on? I guess I guess that's it for the most part. <sighs> what else is going on? Okay, gas, you got gas any shortage? You, you, uh, yeah, well, that <laughs> that seems to be fixing itself. Border crisis, <laughs> wages, yeah. coronavirus. Okay, well, maybe maybe a joke or two would be in okay. order. Okay, you think something to end up on a smile? Okay, sounds good. <laughs> we have about two minutes left. Here we go to the to the guy who invented the number zero. Thanks for nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Zero. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you ready for another one, or are you got to go? No, we got. I don't have any in front. Oh, okay. Of me. So it's all you now. <laughs> all right. A crazy wife says to her husband that moose are falling from the sky. The husband says, "No, it isn't. It's reindeer." Reindeer. <laughs> 
Ladies, if he cannot appreciate your fruit jokes, you need to let that man go. Mango. <laughs> Another fruit. All right. Geology rocks, but geography is where it's at. Mm. How about that? I was taking a sip of my coffee when I really got it. Ah. I almost choked. Okay. Okay. Uh, I want to be cremated as it is my last hope for a smoking hot body. Now, we did that one the other day. But uh, now, what was the one? I, I heard one yesterday similar to this, uh, but it wasn't on the show. It's. Um, it deals with crema- cremating your pets. Oh, well, I don't have it. Give me one more. Okay. What did the grape say when it got crushed? Nothing. It just let out a little wine. wine. Yes, yes. <laughs> Folks, have a wonderful day out there. We'll wrap up the week tomorrow on Friday. And uh, be careful, please. Yes. Bye-bye. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N-S. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Hours after it restarted operations for the first time since a cyber hack last week, Colonial has an update. But it doesn't come soon enough to tamp down shortages. Correspondent Cammie McCormick begins team coverage. The company said this morning it has made substantial progress in safely restarting the pipeline system and product delivery has commenced in a majority of markets it serves. By midday today, it says those areas could start receiving gas. Earlier, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm said things will return to normal by the end of the weekend. I'm Jim Crisul in Greensboro, North Carolina. It's a frustrating and anxious search for gasoline across the southeast and mid-Atlantic. I had to go to five or six different places before I did find some gas. Steve Harrison could only find expensive high-grade gas in Warner Robins, Georgia. Premium gas. Yeah, I had to pay an extra $10 just for to get a, a tank full of gas. Gas Buddy says nearly 80% of stations are out of gas in North Carolina, 60% in South Carolina and Georgia. Like a lot of states, Massachusetts has just recorded its first day of no deaths from COVID. It's a welcome relief for burned out health care workers like these nurses who've been on the front lines for more than a year. A lot of sound, a lot of lights, you know, people rushing, doctors running, ambulances bringing people in one after another. This relief is helping that, is helping people's mental health. Like, okay, we're going to get through this or we're in the home stretch. Instead of buying lottery tickets, Ohioans can get a shot at a million dollars by getting vaccinated.